You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Hello to you, my sales friends. Welcome back to No Nonsense Sales. We'll figure out what's good sales advice, what's bad sales advice, and everything in between. This week's sales myth that we're going to debunk everybody works in sales. You might have heard this phrase before, well, well, marketing is sales, isn't it really? And customer success, that's sales. And of course, sales is sales and everything is sales. But I don't know, sellers still have this bad reputation, don't they, a lot of the time. You get words like sneaky, snaky, slimy, lots of S words to describe sellers. Shady, shameless, they're all S words. Sheepish, slippery, and of course, many other words that are unsuitable for this podcast. So how can everyone work in sales? And why do salespeople get such a hard time? How to get to the bottom of this one, so who better than the man who wrote the book titled Everybody Works in Sales, Niraj Kapoor. He's a sales veteran and he won't mind me saying he's been around the block a few times. He's seen it all. He now trains salespeople on how to sell better and he's very active on LinkedIn, so check him out. But before I asked him about his book and why everybody works in sales, we had to talk about rock and roll. So I asked him what's cooler, playing drums in a band or helping salespeople hit target? They are both pretty cool. Helping salespeople hit their target is more satisfying because it also pays my mortgage. Uh, <laughs> playing, playing the drums, in all fairness, most of the stuff we've done is just for charity, which is a deliberate choice we make. So it's it we we don't you don't play in a band to make money ever because you get maybe two hundred pound a night and you have to split it between five of you plus pay for petrol. <laughs> you can barely get a fish and chip out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you don't do it for money, you do it for love. Whereas with the sales stuff, when you're able to change somebody's life, and that might sound very dramatic, but the fact is if somebody is struggling to hit their targets and all of a sudden because they work with you, they're hitting targets, that is changing somebody's life because it means they have more of a long-term future at a job or it means as a business owner, they're having more success and you've taught them something new. And just to have somebody tell you or give you a LinkedIn recommendation or even do a LinkedIn post and say, I've worked with Niraj, my confidence was struggling or I wasn't hitting target and now I am. It is one of the greatest feelings you will ever have, ever in business. Yeah, I love that. Love that. I mean, helping people, of course, is should be at this, the, the core of, of most salespeople anyway, right? Um, but you talked there about helping sellers who are maybe struggling to hit their target. Why, why is generating leads still so difficult for salespeople? A lot of people generate sales leads the wrong way. So it's difficult because they will spam you. I mean, the amount of spam I get is horrendous. Uh, both on email and LinkedIn DMs. And the problem is they all look like they're written by the same person. <laughs> they almost are all, hi, I hope you're well. Blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you about me. Here's my Calendly link. Or are you free for 15 minutes? Does Tuesday or Thursday work better? I mean, this is stuff from 10 to 20 years ago that people are still using and it mm. does not work. And 99% of the messages I get are exactly the same. They're horrific. So you will never generate leads this way. I don't know who's teaching these people these awful ways of doing business, 
but that's not how it works. And contacting as many people as humanly possible is a terrible sales strategy. Yes, you should be persistent. Yes, you've got to put in the extra work. Yes, numbers do matter. However, quality is way more important. So you have to go about doing things the right way. Spamming is not a solution to generating leads. You know, I loved what you said there about who's teaching who's teaching these methods, right? I, I think back to when I started as an early seller. I think it comes from nervousness, right? You're you're reaching out to people. You're not quite sure who they are. You want to be received well. And then you find yourself writing or maybe speaking in that, as you talked about, really generic way. Um, maybe it's a nervous thing. Do you think there's something in that? Whenever people are feeling very insecure about anything in life or their mindset isn't right, they often default to bad decision-making. So when I was getting divorced after 21 years of marriage, it was one of the toughest things I ever went through. And the smart thing would have been to try to heal myself, go into therapy. But no, I went straight into online dating. <laughs> the dumbest thing you could do, because whenever we go through difficult times, we often default to stupidity. And one of the smartest things you can do, not just in sales, Tom, but in any industry, is to work on yourself. And I can't stress that enough to anybody, whether you're an SDR, whether you're a business manager, an AE, a BDM, it doesn't matter. Work on making yourself better and especially become more self-aware because I've never met so many people that lack self-awareness as I have in the sales industry. The amount of people that just do not invest in themselves is shocking. Don't wait for your boss to do it. Do it yourself and all of a sudden you're ahead of 90% of people. And you talk, you talk a lot about this on, on LinkedIn, and I'm, I'm so glad that you brought it up because, you know, you speak about distractions that are maybe holding sellers back. And you talk about mindset and how it's a good idea to, to get into the right mindset. So how can, how can sellers do that, avoid those distractions, but also get into the mindset of working on themselves to improve, improve their careers? A lot of it is, is simple. You're going to get a simple basics thing, right? People are always looking for magic nuggets. They're always looking for golden solutions. You know, it's like, um, okay, if you go onto any social media platform and you see a personal trainer, just say there's two personal trainers and one person says, you can eat as much as you want. And I'll help you lose weight. And the second one will say, look, it's going to be really difficult. It'll take you months. You're really going to struggle and suffer. It's going to be hard work. And you might even put on weight at the beginning, but you know what? Eventually, there'll be a solution. Which one do people choose? They will choose an idiot that says, I will help you lose weight eating is because people want easy solutions. That's mm. the problem. Um, but a lot of the times, it's just the simple things. So in, in the world of constant distraction, here's what you do. My phone is currently switched off. Um, and my emails are switched off because my focus is on you. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. um, when I work with people, I'm not checking my phone. There's never any buzzing taking place because you you have to turn your phone off at least two or three times a day or at least put it in airplane mode. Uh, whenever my email is open, I respond to one email at a time. I do not have 10 emails open. When I'm on the internet, I have one browser open at a time. I never have several browsers open. These simple things make a monumental difference long-term because you know before lockdown, I think one in five people had mental health challenges. During lockdown, it was two out of three. Since mm -hmm. lockdown, it's now three out of five people because of the pressure of life and the pressure of being on Zoom or Teams all day long. So you have to make these simple little efforts. They make a massive difference long term. And people don't see that because turning your phone off is not sexy. <laughs> okay. 
it's it's not romantic. It's not awesome. You're not going to be crushing it or 10xing it. You're turning your damn phone off. But it's so important to do to help you focus. And you've got to take care of your mental health and mindset because if that's not right, you are going to make less sales and it is going to affect you in business. That's just a fact. Yeah, there might be some people listening thinking, turn my phone off, but what if I what if I miss a notification? I know that was my gut reaction, right? But I think that's proof to your point, you know, remaining focused and being able to really work on what you're doing and not get distracted is almost a superpower in uh, in 2023. Now, um, one thing I wanted to bring up this whole episode is about how we hear that phrase. You know, and I've heard this phrase before, and you wrote a book on the phrase, so you, you might have something to say about this. Everybody works in sales. Do you want to talk to me a little bit more about that? Because I I hear this phrase and I think, well, well, do they? And, and let's try and figure out today on this episode if that is sales fact or fiction. So, so tell me more about that. I have to work with a lot of people in different industries who are 100% convinced they do not work in sales. Uh, the best examples might be, I work for a lot of uh, solicitors, uh, lawyers teaching them how to use LinkedIn and teaching them how to sell themselves on LinkedIn. And a lot of lawyers say, I don't sell. I said, but I, I go to networking events and I see you lawyers. And all you do is talk to other lawyers. As soon as you have to speak to a normal human being, you sound like a sound like an egomaniac you sound a bit arrogant because you have no idea how to talk to human beings i'm sorry mm -hmm. legal profession but that does relate to a lot of you not all of you but a lot of you you don't know how to talk to normal people and as a result lawyers stick to themselves uh with accountants when i work with them on presentation skills especially uh, or sales training when they go to networking events or they have to speak or they even have to win new business sometimes they never follow up which of course we all know follow up is where the business is um they're terrified of speaking publicly. They're terrified of networking. These are all sales skills. So yes, everybody works in sales. No matter what profession you're in, you have to persuade people to do certain things or to take action in a certain way. And um, you, you talk about there being persuasive. Is that then a skill that you believe everyone should should work on and have even outside of sales how do they persuade people or how do they cut sort of sell themselves if you like is is that a skill we should all be working on oh absolutely i mean there's a lot of things involved in persuasion uh, one of which is for example learning to listen uh, in sales women are fantastic at listening men are pretty much the opposite of that we're just generally not very good listeners mm -hmm. uh, we like to talk rather than listen um listening to somebody's tone not just to what they're saying, but what they're not saying. That takes a tremendous amount of experience, yet it's very important. Uh, I've taken, you know, presentation skills courses to learn about body language, because again, understanding body language is very important. Understanding your tone, it's not what you say, it's how people perceive what you say. All these are sales skills, believe it or not. Um, you know, being able to listen to people, you know, when you want to get your own point of view across to somebody, telling people what to do isn't necessarily the way forward. That's not how I coach. What you do is you ask the right kinds of questions to really make people think. And that's why when I work with salespeople, because don't forget every week I have to observe at least once or twice a week client demos or listen to client phone calls. Every week without fail, I have to do this to help my clients. And the number of times I hear one or two really basic questions, and then they go straight into the cell. I'm like, no, 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 take your time, get to know your customer. The more you understand their needs, and their fears, 
the easier it is to recommend a solution. But if you just go in there saying, so what keeps you awake at night? That's not good enough, okay? <laughs> you can't just default to what keeps you awake at night all the time, you know? <laughs> You know, it's it's so true. And and again, I'm I'm guilty of this, right? I used to work a lot on trying to make people laugh or make them smile, right? To think that, oh, that will help my sales calls. But as you talked about there, the best kind of sales call are when people feel heard, right? And they think this person's really listening and has understood what I'm saying. Uh, and that's almost more important than the rapport building. Or them thinking you're a great person, right? Because again, what better skill than being able to go, I've really understood and heard what you've said, and here's a potential solution. So I think I know the answer to the next question then, but are we saying that this week's topic, that everyone works in sales, is sales facts or sales fiction? Oh, definitely sales fact. You heard it, you heard it here first. That <laughs> one can go in the in the fact pile. Um, great way to round off the show, but uh, as you know, Niraj, there's also um, a little a little song that we end the show with. Different every week, brought in by the guest, and it's the sales pump-up song. I'm really excited about the one that you've picked. Do you want to share why you've picked it first and then, and then share what it is? Yeah, this is a band I've seen 11 times in concert. And the first time I saw them was 1993rd of January 1990 in Kings Hall, Belfast. And it's still one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my life. The band is Bon Jovi and the song is Living in a Prayer. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to giving that one a go on No Nonsense Sales. Apologies in advance um, to, to you because I know you love Bon Jovi. Um, I'll try my best not to ruin it completely. But thank you so much um, for, for joining us on the show. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. She says we've got to hold on to what we've got. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. We've got each other and that's a lot for love. We'll give it a shot. Oh, we're halfway there. That was my version of Bon Jovi on No Nonsense Sales. If you'd like to hear Bon Jovi's version, he took a more melodic approach stuck to the tune and it sounds good you can find it on the spotify playlist right now we've just added it search no nonsense sales hey i'll tell you what while you're over there why not subscribe to this very podcast or subscribe on your favorite podcast player just search no nonsense sales and we'll see you next week as we set out to sort the sales facts from the sales fiction 